It's gravity. It's gravity. Keeps pulling me down. Pulling me down. Listen, I pen songs for the perishing and parishioners, them hearers and them listeners, the home and the visitors. This is not a game you can't tame or make it pretty. They say the earth curse, so our mouths stay dirty. It's mud on the track, a slug in your back. Police them pulled you over with a gun. I got this. I got I got the Dylan. Hello, and welcome to the Whole Nine Sports Podcast. My name is Brandon Olson, and you can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Um, Dylan is somewhere in louisiana right now uh we hope so he's not gonna be with me tonight but i do have justin treese host or co-host and editor from the talking football podcast and new whole nine sports contributor he's on twitter at justin treese uh how you doing justin not too bad thanks for having me oh, thanks for oh, coming thanks on for coming on uh, uh so you're a big jags fan just gonna point that out before we uh we get into it your son is named after Miles Jack, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I tried to get I tried to get Jalen from from the wife for a few months, but she's not the biggest Jalen fan Jalen Ramsey fan, so that didn't work out. I mean, you still got a young stud name there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, how was your recording? Because I know you guys just recorded the uh, Thursday episode. We did, yeah. Everything went went great. I mean, there's a lot of news going around in the NFL with training camp going on and all the games starting tomorrow. So we talked a little bit about some preseason bet, betting and just all the injuries that happened over the last couple of days. So, yeah, everybody can tune in tomorrow at, at Talking Football. Is it, uh, is it just you and Austin or you guys got more of you? Uh, it's just me and Austin, yep. I miss the other losers. Uh <laughs> It's been quite some time since we've had the whole uh, the quartet there. It really has, yeah. It's a, I mean, you know how it goes. Summertime is super busy for everybody. Everybody's doing their vacations because they know that they're not traveling or anything during football season. Everybody's glued to the TV. Yeah, and then Doug just like moved and got a new job, and I don't know what Riley's Riley's doing his music stuff. I see that. That's about it. Yep, that's that's basically how it's going. All right, so uh, we're going to dive into this now, and I would just like to know who your, or what will be the final standings in the AFC South, in your opinion? All right, so for me, all of this depends on the health of Andrew Luck's calf, right? So he hasn't been practicing, and he's had multiple MRIs on this calf, so a lot of it obviously depends on that. But I'm going to go off of the assumption that he is ready for week one and it's not an injury that lingers throughout the season. So for me, I would say the Colts win the division and I have them probably at 10 and 6. And then I have actually right now I have the Jags and the Texans both finishing at 9 and 7. And then I have the Titans finishing fourth in the division at 6 and 10. Is that because of Mariota? It is. So it's and so a little bit has to do with Mariota, and the rest has to do with, I just don't trust their offense overall. I think that they're going to try to make Derrick Henry the workhorse for the whole season rather than just in late November and December. And I don't know if he can hold up. 
He, he's had injury history. I mean, he's already been injured in training camp. And then their new, you know, shiny new toy in A.J. Brown has yet to practice. So now you're still depending on Corey Davis and you lost, or sorry, you and then you added Humphreys from the T- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's kind of like that. That was going to be your three main wide receivers. And one of them's not practicing. One of them's new to the offense. And Corey Davis is always injured off and on. And then you have a much older and injury prone guy in Delaney Walker. Yeah, it's a, it's a little upsetting that I feel like they could be a lot better if, uh, if they just had some more consistency from Marcus Mariota because their defense looks really solid. And then aside from most of the issues at quarterback and some health issues elsewhere, there aren't a ton of concerns on the offensive side of the ball either. And I, I wasn't a fan of play calling last year. Uh, I did not like Matt LaFleur at all. Hopefully Corey Davis could stay healthy though. Cause uh, I loved him when he was in college. I got to see him every year play against Toledo. So that was awesome. Uh, he cooked us, but it is what it is. Yeah, and I mean, having Lawan Taylor Lawan suspended for four games obviously doesn't help. I think the loss of like Brian uh, Arakpo on the defensive side is is a much bigger deal just from a like leadership perspective. I mean, I I think that that given I, the Jags defense, a lot of people thought it was down last year. It was still number five overall, so it was still very good. But I do think that they missed. Paul Puzlesny's leadership, and I think that Brian Arakpo kind of has that same leadership for the Titans defense. Yeah, they also lost uh, Derek Morgan, so they've got a young, a lot of pressure on their young edge rushers, which it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they bounce back from that and how Mike Vrabel kind of schemes around that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Frable's a great coach, so it, it it's hard for me to say six and ten because I feel like this roster and the coaching staff alone should be an eight and eight team. Um, but I just think that the their schedule is a little bit harder than what it was last year, and that's gonna take its toll on the team. And like you said, what are we getting out of the quarterback position? I mean, I don't think it was a good thing bringing Ryan Tannehill in. Uh, a lot of people can say competition's always good, but I. Those two are so similar that I just don't know if it was a good choice. I think that the moment one of them has a bad game, whoever ends up starting, which it's most likely going to be Mariota, but you're going to start hearing hearing the chirps of we want whoever's not starting. Yeah, and then uh, the Jags and Titans are kind of similar in my eyes, and I'm not trying to just say that because you're Jags fan. But it's like, I know what I'm getting from their defense for the most part. I like the majority of their offense, but I don't fully trust their quarterback play. Nick Foles is just, he's been wildly hot and cold in his career. Like He had the 27 touchdown, two interception ratio, and then he was about to be out of the league, and then he's Super Bowl MVP. So it's just a lot of both of their teams, every team, of course, a lot of their success depends on their quarterback. But those two specifically, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on oh yeah 100 percent. but for me it's this defense is so special that they just need average quarterback play like above average is great right they don't need great they just don't need a tight end playing quarterback is basically what they need which is what they've had the last few years so 
They went they won like six games last year, and that was with Bortles. I just and a lot of the games were very close. It's not like they were getting blown out every game. Given they did get blown out in a few, but there's a lot of close games that average quarterback play would have got them that win. And so that's why I had them at nine and seven. The I kind of was always saying that the Jags were an eight and eight team. Going through their schedule, I think that they do squeak out nine though. Going through the division, we have odds for who will win the division and whether or not you take the bet. So going through each team, the Titans at plus 650. I mean, the number's good, right? Plus 650 is solid, but I just don't know if I can trust Mariota. I kind of feel like that's, in a sense, throwing away some money there. So, no, I, I guess I wouldn't take that. And then your Jaguars at plus 500. I mean, I guess I have to say yes because I did take that bet when I was in Vegas a few weeks ago. So I I put money on them winning the division and them winning the Super Bowl every single year. Um, obviously, I've only cashed one time in my entire life, and that's when they won the division in 2017. So I'm kind of just giving Vegas money, but... I, I mean, the t- I, this team can't compete. This this whole betting thing is tough with just n- the unknown of Andrew Luck. Which, so, I actually am very curious to hear what the Houston number is. Houston is plus 300. Man, I would take, I think I would take the Jags and Houston, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. With the unknown at this point in time, saying on August 7th, I think I would take the Jags and the Houston bet. You saying August 7th, uh, just made me realize I filled out a form today and I put August 6th on it. Um, (laughs) What about the Colts at minus 125? Uh, I don't think I would take that bet. With the unknown, again, of Andrew Luck and how close I think the Texans and the Jags are from them, I don't know if I would be willing to bet that $125 just to win 100 So I think I would stay away from the Titans one and the Colts one, given if the news comes out in two weeks that Andrew Luck's totally fine, nothing to worry about, then I would, then I would consider that much more. Because I do think overall... The Colts are the best team in this division. Yeah, I, I think top to bottom they are. Uh, of course, depends a lot on another team in the AFC South. A lot depends on quarterbacks and injuries. Um, but which team from the AFC South would you say had the best offseason? Oh, that's a tough one. So we can take the... Houston Texans out of it because I don't like the draft and they don't have a GM anymore. So they, yeah, they're they easily the worst, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I would... The Colts, I mean, they're kind of status quo. Like, they're very... They're doing a lot of things that aren't flashy but usually end up working. Um, they've added some names, but... I just felt like the core of that team kind of stayed the same. So that it was a solid. I'm not going to say it was a bad offseason, but I wouldn't consider them one of the best. I 
I actually liked what the Titans were doing with their receivers and all that. But, again, that quarterback thing is iffy. <laughs> but it's funny, though, because the Jags, I thought they overpaid for Foles, and I thought they reached for Quincy Williams. And even later round picks, I didn't really, I was kind of like, eh, we'll see. I love their first two. Um, so I think that the most potential is coming out of the Jags with the Nick Foles and the Josh Allen and the Jawan Taylor. I mean, those are three very big things. Helping out the offensive line, helping the pass rush, helping the quarterback. If you told, if you went to somebody and didn't tell them a name and said, you have a team that improved their offensive line, improved quarterback play, and improved pass rush, you'd say they had a pretty damn good offseason. So, I, I was hoping not to say the Jags because I don't want to be one of your guests that only talks about the team that they're a fan of, which I've listened to every one of your episodes. Everybody's been fucking homers towards their their teams, <laughs> um, and I'm trying not to be. Um, but I am. I will say the Jags. Um, they have the highest upside, so which can turn into the best offseason, I guess. See, and... Honestly, I would say the Titans if they didn't take Jeffrey Simmons in the first round. I think it was a good long-term move, but he's not going to play this year most likely. So I think that hurts them right now, but it's going to help them in the future. Oh, 100%. I think that that defensive line with him and Harold is going to be nasty moving forward for sure in the future. Like Those are two guys that I was very high on. Uh, let's see, I had Simmons... I can't remember exactly where on my top 50, but yeah, I do know it was in the top 10. I think it was number 9 overall. And then Harold, the year before, I had in the top 30. I think I had him at 25 the year before. So I was very high on both of those guys. So, And, of course, the Titans take him. The, the Titans are the one team in this division that I truly just dislike and hate. Like, the other two teams, I'm like, eh, whatever. But Titans, I just can't deal with them. Yeah, I, I don't even know where I had Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, number 12, okay. They got him a 19, torn ACL, kind of really hurt him there. Um, yeah, yes. I like the A.J. Brown pick. I love that one. But again, taking a guy that's not going to play hurts. And so moving on from the less team-focused discussion, uh... Who do you think would be the MVP of the of the division? And this one is actually like one of the most fun ones because it's not just it's like the AFC West how they had Philip Rivers and uh, Patrick Mahomes. It's not like the AFC North where people are just like there's kind of no one I would put up there right now unless Ben can like produce how he has when he had Brown and Bell then. I don't think he's going to put up those numbers right now. But if he does, then I'd definitely put him up there. But you have two guys, really, in Luck and Watson that a lot of people are going to be looking at for MVP votes this year. Yeah, so it easily would have been Luck. I actually have, so I kind of came up with my odds of who I think has the best chance of winning the real MVP, not just division. And I had Andrew Luck at second overall. and Behind Pat. But I was just about to say, spoiler, Patrick Mahomes is not number one. He's number three. Um, but 
I think I'm going to go with Watson right now because what Watson can do with his legs and the ability if uh, Kiki Kuti and Fuller, Will Fuller, stay healthy, Watson can put up crazy numbers. His rookie year, he was on pace to put up Patrick Mahomes' numbers if he didn't get injured. So I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson over Andrew Luck right now, though I think that... If Luck is healthy, his team's going to win more, and so I could see him having better odds of winning the actual MVP, though. Is uh, is Drew Brees first? No, Drew Brees doesn't win MVPs. <laughs> Fuck, you Brady first? No, dude, if you just listen to Talking Football, you'd know. Oh, man, I gotta get back to it. I'll just tell you right now, it's it, everybody's going to hate it, because everybody calls me stupid for it, but... My favorite to win the MVP this year is Jared Goff. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they are not going to run Gurley near as much. He's going to go from 25 touches a game down to probably 15. And those extra 10, they're not going to go to Daryl Henderson. He might get 3 to 5. I think that I think that Goff is going to average another seven, 5 to 7 throws per game. And I think that... McVeigh is going to try to prove that everybody that's talking shit on Goff for having a bad Super Bowl, he's going to try to make it a point to scheme his wide receivers open and make sure Goff gets his numbers to change the narrative on him. I don't know. I don't like Goff as the favorite. That's fine. I mean, that that's just me. So it, it's good. Like, if it doesn't happen and he doesn't even get close... I'll take that. I'll take that on the chin and just say, hey, I tried something, didn't work. But if he's even in the top three contention, I'm, I'm going to be ex- expecting an apology from you. I will issue an apology to you with no issue at all. Perfect. Love it. Uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball, who do you think would be the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, the guy that's going to actually win Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL, and that's J.J. Watt. I was hoping you would be like, oh, Jalen Ramsey. No, dude, cornerbacks <laughs> don't win it. Come on. No, I, I really believe J.J. Watt's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think he'll end up with about 18 sacks. Yeah, he's a... Uh, if he was healthy, man, if he just had a healthy career, it would be amazing to be able to watch him. Yeah, he'd be he'd be on pace to break the all-time sack record if he didn't miss those two, two and a half seasons. Yeah, it was just... Uh, Man, he lost a a lot of great football from him there. What about a runner-up? Runner-up. Um, let's see. I know I didn't ask you about that. I just threw it at you. No, no, it's fine. So, um, the next two that I had on my list to consider was Leonard, the linebacker for the Colts, obviously. Led the NFL in tackles his rookie year as a second-round pick. Uh, I think that he basically puts up the exact same numbers. Um, and another guy is Clayus Campbell for the Jags. I think that two years ago, he should have won the uh, defensive MVP or defensive player of the year over uh, Aaron Donald. I mean, what, what Clayus did for the Jags in 2017 was unbelievable. And I think that a lot of that had to do with them having their kind of lightning package where it was Marcel Darius and Campbell. They moved him inside, and then they would have 
Dante Fowler and then Yannick Ngakwe on the outside. And then last year obviously didn't have that much because they traded Dante Fowler and they just didn't have another edge rusher on the team. This year, as everybody knows, everybody was pumped, including me, that Josh Allen fell to him. Uh, getting him at seven was an absolute steal. And I think that it, that's probably the scariest defensive line in football when you think of Josh Allen on one side, Campbell, Marcel Darius, and Yannick Ngakwe. You basically have three all pros and then basically arguably the best pass rusher in the draft. I mean, obviously there was Nick Bosa, but a lot of people could argue that Josh Allen was a better pass rusher than he was. I still don't know how I feel about the Josh Allen pick. A lot of it, to me, just depends on how they use him. I don't like him if he's just a pure DN. I don't well, like that. Like that. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't like it. And I'm hoping that they were just lying. But I don't I don't like that. Yeah, I I mean, they they do some exotic things where they drop, like, Yannick Ngakwe or Dante Fowler into coverage sometimes. And so they'll, they'll still continue to do that, but they do that from the defensive end spot. Like, he'll have his hand in the ground and then drop back. Right? It's They do a few crazy things. So, I mean, he'll play, he'll play some coverage, but for the most part, he will just be just a regular. I just wish he was like, uh, like 70-30, like pass rushing to pass coverage, just because I think you're leaving a lot on the table if you don't put him in coverage more often. Yeah, here's the thing is, the Jags defensive coordinator most likely gets a He's either going to be gone next year. I, I think he's going to be gone either way. I think if the Jags have another successful season and he's they finish in the top five again, even with the talent they have, that would be him being the D.C. three years and all three years they finish top five overall. Um, so I think he would get some sort of promotion there um, with another team. Or if they have a really bad year, they're cleaning house anyway, so it doesn't matter. So he's going to be gone that, that way. So I don't expect... Todd Wash back with the Jaguars next year in one way or another. Which means, my point is, is the next DC may think of it as you do and try to get Josh Allen doing a lot more things other than just pass rushing. I do like how uh, how you said you didn't want to be homery and talk about the Jags all the time, and I keep bringing them up. <laughs> but moving forward, who do you think would be the rookie of the year in the AFC South? I mean, we just talked about him for like five minutes. Do you really want me, want me to keep going? It's going to be Josh Allen. He will, he's going to put up, I would expect a little bit better numbers than Bradley Chubb did for the Broncos this year, which was 12 sacks and I can't remember how many tackles he had, like 50. I'd expect something like 60 tackles, 50 to 60 tackles and 13 sacks. I mean,. If he could do that, he better win rookie of the year. Right? So, I mean, just thinking about it, though, like, who else, if we're going offensively, who else could we even consider? Parrish Campbell, I, just, I think that he's good, but I think that they're gonna they're not going to use him as a pure wide receiver. I think that they have Funchess and they have Hilton. So, yeah, Campbell's the third guy, but I just think that with the way that the Colts play on still passing it to the running backs as well, I don't think he's going to get enough looks. Titans, A.J. Brown, right, but he still hasn't practiced. How am I going to trust a rookie wide receiver, which is usually a tough spot to 
learn in the NFL, but now you haven't even practiced and we're less than a month away from the start of the season. I can't I can't trust that. And then the Colt or sorry, the Texans, they drafted offensive linemen with their first couple picks. So obviously I'm not gonna choose them. So for me, I mean the easy pick was Josh Allen. Titus Howard for rookie of the year. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, hey, if he can keep Deshaun clean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, sure. It's, it's not happening. <laughs> and then one player from each team that you think will be the most improved player. Ooh, most improved players, huh? You could make it a comeback player kind of award if there was someone that was hurt and they're coming back. Or if you just think they're going to get more playing time, production, anything. Okay. So, for the Colts, I think it's going to be Marlon Mack. He had a very good year last year. He missed some time. I think that he's going to be the guy for this team. And with him and Luck healthy, that's why I would have them winning the division. So, for the Colts, it's Marlon Mack running back. For the, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Texans, most improved, most improved. Will Fuller. I was thinking Will Fuller, actually. But I'm going to go uh, Kiki Kuti, the slot receiver, uh, t- Texas Tech. He, uh, he was having a good year last year before the injuries, and I think that with Fuller on the outside, like, he's always the deep threat. You got Hopkins getting double team all the time. Let's have the shorter dude that's very good, shifty. So I'm going to go with him. It's funny that, because if you would have asked me this, like, if we would have recorded on Sunday, I literally, pro- or last week, I guess, because this happened on Sunday, I probably would have said Devontae Foreman. That's that's the fucking NFL for you, though. Like, I would have said him, and lo and behold, he gets released. And sides with the Colts, of course. I'm a little happy that he left the uh, te- or that he got cut from the Texans because I like Dante Foreman, but I really like Karan Higdon, and I know you like Karan Higdon, so I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah, you and I have talked about him quite a bit, and as soon as he signed as an undrafted free agent, there I I said on the very next podcast, so in May, I I said, hey. I think that this dude is going to start stealing carries from Lamar Miller. And if he has a good camp, I could see them wanting to save money and release Lamar Miller altogether. Now that they don't have a GM, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they're going to try to make as little moves as possible. But we'll see there. Um, sorry. Let's see. I got two more teams, right? So the Texans, or sorry, the Titans. Who do I have for the Titans? I'm going to go with breakout player. Man, that one's a tough one because, I mean, I guess you could say Derrick Henry, but he had 1,000 rushing yards last year. It's hard to say. I'm going to say Marcus Mariota has a good enough year that he gets a contract extension. So I'll go with Marcus Mariota there. Breaks out just enough. He does just enough to get those Titans to give him his – Whatever is reported, I think it was like $23 million per year type of deal. Basically the same type of deal that uh, Nick Foles got with the Jags. And then the Jags. That's just disgusting. It really is, right? The Jags. <laughs> oh, this one's tough. So I'm going to go with. 
I'm going to go with DJ Chark. Second year guy out of LSU. I mean, Dylan should be on this podcast right now, man. Because Jags have so many LSU guys. Like, we could sit here and just talk about them all day. But second year player, second round pick. He's having a great camp. He's dominating the Baltimore Ravens DBs in joint practices this week. He's playing as the outside guy in the number two. So they have Chris Conley at the one. They have Chark as the two. And then they're letting Westbrook be the slot. I think Westbrook probably ends up with the most receiving yards in the season, but that's to be expected. He led the team last year as well, and Chark didn't really do much last year. So uh, a 6'4 dude that runs a 4-3, if he can catch the ball and get open and run routes, dangerous things can happen with an athlete like that. I hate him in Madden. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Man, we, dude, you and I used to have a few battles in Madden. Uh, you ran level sales incessantly, and I hated it. I know I did against you because all because so listen so I I I don't like when guys run the same play over and over. I, I it bugs the shit out of me. But with you, I did because you plays the middle linebacker, right? And so and most of the time you're in zone. You're not even playing man to man, but you plays the middle linebacker, and you either would attack my attack my running back which left my slot in route wide open, or you would stay there, but you wouldn't push your coverage up. And so all your DBs would be playing at cover three and drop back. So it would leave my line, my running back out of the backfield wide open. So no matter what, I had one guy open every single time. And so I know that when we played, I was like, hey, good game. And you're like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, don't run that fucking defensive play then, dude. <laughs> it was just, it was miserable. Uh... You know, I don't know if you ever noticed, but I strictly played cover three in that entire uh, that entire time I was in that league. So did I. Um, the the Patriots kid you went off on me when I beat him in the playoffs. He's like, "All you do is play cover three. and I'm like, "All you do is throw it deep down the middle." Of course, I'm going to play cover three. What else would I be doing? Come on, man. Poor, I think it was Brad. Poor Brad. Yeah, it was Brad. Uh, all right, and now that we're done talking yeah, about Matt. <laughs> Uh, I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I was joined by Justin Treese. You can find him on Twitter at Justin Treese. You can find Talking Football on Apple Podcasts under Talking Football. Uh, also on Twitter at Talking Football. And please leave an iTunes review. Follow us on Twitter. Communicate with us. We're, we got nothing better to do. Um, thank you for listening and have a nice day.